Hi, welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Irony is a really funny thing. Check this out. The first man to survive going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, don't know why, actually died later on slipping on an orange peel. Alexander Graham Bell, you remember him, right? He, he invented the thing called the telephone. He refused to have one of those crazy objects in his office while he was working because he was afraid it might distract him. A man well before his time. How about this? The only losing basketball coach in the University of Kansas basketball program was James A. Naismith himself. He was the guy that invented the game of basketball. McDonald's once had a page on their employee health portion of their website. It has since been removed, of course, warning employees against eating McDonald's hamburgers and french fries. Historically, the most shoplifted book in America's history is possibly in your hands called the Bible. And one more irony, uh, 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 the building that held the patent to the fire, the fire hydrant burned down in 1836, and so we're not really sure who exactly invented the fire hydrant. Irony is a funny thing, and, and, and really the Bible is full of it. And this story in next ordinary, no ordinary people, it, 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 it's another irony. It's an irony that Jesus unpacks. It's about who he points to for a warning, who he points to as an example, and it blows our minds only because we are people that look on the outside. We see the outside of situations. We see the outside of events. We see the outside of people. But Jesus is someone who always sees the in. Side and that changes everything. Here's a big idea that I want you to wrestle with today, and it's this taking comes from a heart of fear, but giving comes from a heart of faith. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being a God that gives, being the ultimate giver, being the example of what it looks like to be a giver, and thank you for giving us all that you have all that you are. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for this place where we could gather together in freedom. Thank you for this structure, this building that we can gather and worship you. Thank you for churches all around the world. May you fill them with your presence and your power all around this valley. May you speak to people in churches like, gosh, Desert City, Hope City. God, thank you for Calvary. Thank you for Catalyst. Thank you for churches around this city who are preaching your word. May you speak to them and speak to us here, God, at City View. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Thank you, young man. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 12 to be exact. We have been walking through this gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four different gospels, four different perspectives, same Jesus, same Lord, same birth, death, and resurrection, salvation for us but different perspectives. And so as we've walked through this action-packed book of Mark, we've been seeing who Jesus is, how he interacts, who he calls, who he says warnings against, who he says is an example to follow. And today is another story of just that, another story of faith, as we look at another message of no ordinary people. Jesus is a professional people watcher. How many of you guys like watching people? People watchers, raise your hand. Don't be shy. We know you're out there. Okay, one, one, one people watching game I have, you can adopt it if you'd like, it is matching the person to their vehicle. So as people walk out to their vehicle from said restaurant or store or wherever I'm at, I like to try to think, okay, 
what kind of vehicle is that person going to walk up to? And sometimes it blows my mind. I think, no way, she just walked to that car? That's awesome. I totally didn't expect it. Sometimes I nail it, and I knew that that guy was going to walk to that vehicle just because I'm just playing the game and having fun. Jesus watched people, but he doesn't see the outside. He sees the inside. And so what he sees is something totally different. And Jesus is seeing, he's looking for people who are all about impressing people. And then he's looking for people who are all about pleasing God. He's looking at people who have much but give little, have little but give much. He's looking at the inside. He's looking at the heart because all of these actions come from attitudes, attitudes that reside in the heart. And it's no wonder why Jesus is always talking about the heart because out of the heart, so flows your life. Out of the heart, so the mouth speaks. Out of the heart, it guides the person. That, it, it guides your actions. It guides your attitudes. It guides who you are in the direction of your life. So we're therefore compelled to ask that question, what does Jesus see in our heart? I mean, we're good with the smoke and mirrors. We're good with the sideshows. We're good at kind of putting on masks. We're good at doing things. I mean, we're at church, right? We sang a song. We might have a Bible in our hand. We're good at the outside sometimes, but what does, what does Jesus see here? Remember, taking comes from a heart of fear, but giving comes from a heart of faith. Now let's jump in. Mark 12, verse 38 to 40. Here we go. In his teaching, he was saying, Jesus, of course, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like respectful greetings in the marketplaces and, and the chief seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets and who devour widows' houses and for appearance's sake offer long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Woe. Okay, so Jesus, he's, he's toward the end. This is one of his last teachings. It's super important. He's just days away from being arrested, and he's hanging out, busy day, Passover, big crowd, and what does Jesus do best? He calls people out who are supposed to be leaders, who are supposed to be examples. Catch the irony. Beware of these people. Yeah, them. Yes, I'm pointing to the right people. Yes, your leaders. Yes, your scribes. Yes, your Pharisees. And he, and he, and he gives us these warnings. Check these out. He, he says, beware of people who like to show off. They like to watch others serve. They're walking around in flowing robes. Are they serving? No, they're walking around in flowing robes. They're too busy to serve. Those that demand recognition, they demand the perks of, of status. They, they, they take advantage of the weak. Beware of these people. Sometimes we, we, we wonder, how did Jesus, such a nice guy, why did they kill him? Jesus was not nice. Sometimes love isn't nice, is it? Sometimes love doesn't tell us what we want to hear. Sometimes there's friction with love and truth. Sometimes it's tough. Jesus was not nice. He didn't teach his followers to be nice. He didn't teach us to be nice. It doesn't mean we go around and we act like jerks. But it means that above all else, we pursue Jesus, we pursue love, we pursue grace, we pursue truth, and there's no nice in that. And so Jesus was killed because he's pointing out these, these guys. These guys were part of devising the scheme to kill Jesus just days later. Because Jesus is saying, don't be like them. 
I know that makes no sense, but trust me, don't be like them. They look the look, but they don't walk the walk. So he's saying they walk around in, law, in, in, in robes, right? So they're walking, they're not serving. And just in case people don't see them, they've got the long robes, right? They like the respectful greetings. Oh, yes, nice to see you. Oh, yes, come. Oh, yeah, we have the best seat for you. Well, of course you do. I've got the long robe and you don't. Of course I take the best seat. I take the most comfortable chair. I take the most comfy seat. I, I, I sit where everyone can see me. I, I sit so I can give these long, lofty prayers that you have to have a dictionary to understand what I'm saying because I have the microphone and you don't. I have the robe and you don't. I have the stage and you don't. Learn your role. You're there and I'm here. Do you see the distance, the, the power, the power that's going on there? And that whole devouring houses of widows, what does that mean? Well, oftentimes these people acted also as lawyers. They were teachers of the law. So a, a widow loses her husband, hence the fact that she's a widow. And then she comes maybe to, to these teachers of the law. What do I do? I, I have this house. I, I have these bills. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And, and oftentimes these, these people would acquire these, these widows' houses to help them out. You see, on the outside, it's all about trying to help, but on the inside, they were selfish, and they were afraid. Afraid? Well, they certain, certainly weren't full of faith. They were full of fear, but it doesn't look like it. Maybe you know some people like this, and they're real big in personality, they're real strong and taut. They, they, they control the conversation. They control the day. They're really competitive. And they come across super strong. And oftentimes, those personalities are the most insecure and afraid inside. And they're afraid if, if somebody finds out who they really are inside, they just can't handle it. And so they put on this front. They put on this costume. They put on this mask. They put on this, this big voice and this big personality to hide what's inside. And I think so much of that is going on here with, with these teachers of the law, these, these scribes. You see, they're afraid. They're in, in fear. Watch this. In fear of being unrecognized, they take the attention. In, in fear of being common, I mean, who would want to be common? Come on. They, they, they take those respectful greetings. Oh, yes, tell me again. Tell me how good I am. Bow down to me again. Let me know how important I am. Greet me first. In fear of being unimportant, they get the most important and best seats. In, in fear of not having enough, they take from other people. Because if I don't take it, I might not have it. If I don't take it, I might not receive it. So I'm not acting in faith. I'm acting in fear. Fear. Are you catching on? In fear of, of, of looking unholy, they give the long prayers because a short, simple prayer isn't holy enough. I don't look good enough, and I've got to portray that I'm the best, I'm number one, and I know what I'm doing, and I'm holy. Do you know someone like that? Beware. Don't follow them because you don't want to go down the road that they're going down. But before, you know, we pick up stones and we start condemning people like that, we have to ask ourselves, do I like recognition? Do, do I like comfy chairs? Do, do I like to be noticed? Sure you do, you're human. But what would happen is, if instead of being afraid, so we take those things, we... We act in faith, and we trust God to recognize us. We trust God to meet our needs. 
We trust God to make us feel important because God, the creator of the universe, sees you and he loves you. How much more important do you want to get? Last night, my, my wife and I had the privilege of going to a Suns game. We weren't up in the rafters. We were in row numero uno. And man, those chairs are comfy. They've got padding on them. And I'll tell you this, I was like, this is amazing. I can see the players. I think they can hear me. The refs can certainly hear me. This is going to be fun. And, man, as I'm sitting in the, in the chair and I'm getting free food, free food and, 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 I, and I'm just absorbing all this, I'm like, this is great. And then out of the corner of my eye, though, I see someone that's a little closer than me. How dare he? And, and he's sitting there, and, he, and he's got a conundrum. He's got an empty can, and, and he doesn't know what to do with it. The trash is too far, but the big idea, the one wonderful idea dawned on him, wait a minute, I don't have to throw this away, someone else can throw it away for me. And he turns around, he makes eye contact with, a, with a, an arena employee. And, and upon that eye contact, communication happened, and he reached back and gave this employee his empty can so that she could throw it away for him. And I just thought, oh, Lord, I could get used to this, but this is a scary place. <laughs> I could get used to the comfy seats. I could get used to someone throwing my cans away. I could get used to people serving me. I could get used to being heard and being seen. And I thought, ah, I don't think this is, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll definitely go again. But do you see where I'm going? Do you see how easy it is and, and how human I am, how human you are to enjoy those things, but how easy it is to cross the line and you go from being a giver to a taker because you deserve it. You've arrived. You're something. And everything and everyone is telling you that. You start believing it. You start acting it. And you are so far off base from what God created you to be. It's not even funny. And now all of a sudden, you're the warning. You're the one, along with the scribes, rolling around in your long robes, praying long and lofty prayers. You know, it can be, that can so easily be us at church. Well, you know, I built this place. I've been here since the beginning. I've taught Sunday school for 20 years. Well, good. Keep going. Keep giving. Don't stop. Don't get entitled. Don't sit down and enjoy other people serving you and taking. You keep being the example. And then Jesus takes a seat. He's not done, people watching. So he got the bad example. Those are easy to find, amen? Bad examples are everywhere. Let's look for a good example. And Jesus finds one. He always does. He's Jesus. So he's got it. He sits down and he's observing. Check it out. So story continues. Mark 12, 41 to 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury, began observing how people were putting money into the treasury. That's interesting. And many rich people were putting in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in her two small copper coins, which amount to one cent, calling his disciples to him. He said, truly, I, I say this to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they put in out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Okay, so you can imagine this, this picture, you know, so we go from condemning this group to shifting, sitting down, watching the treasury, people are putting in their money, they're putting in their money into these, these 13 large containers, there's 13 of them, kind of offering boxes like we have, except our boxes are like squarish, cubish, they're, 
Theirs were like trumpet shaped. It's kind of fun to think about. Trumpets. And, it, you know, so it's kind of got a bigger opening and it funnels down. So, I mean, once you put that, that money in it, you can't get it out. It's there. Trumpet, boom, it goes in. A trumpet probably going to be kind of loud as it goes in. Pre-paper money era, guys. So it's all coins. So, boom, the, the big gifts are big and they're loud. Ka-king, ka-king, ka-king. You know, coin star at the prize grocery store. And you're putting in all your money, your change that you saved up for a year. Am I the only one? Okay, and it's like loud, ka-ching, 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 and you get a little paper, and it's like $12.48, and you're like, yes. And then the, the widow, right, the, the poor, old, little widow, except it doesn't say that, but in my mind, she's poor, old, and little. She could have been 25 years old, lost her husband at an early age. But it's funny how we read it, like there's three wise men. No, there were three gifts. There could have been 20 wise men, could have been one. You know, we could talk about it. But it, 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 when you read the Bible, read what's there. A picture in your mind, though, go there in your mind. This widow, she was poor. And she put in two coins, all she had, gone. It was a tiny gift, but it was a gift in faith. And when Jesus calls his disciples and he says something like, truly I tell you, or verily, verily, or I tell you the truth, when Jesus says those words, perk up because he's about to, he's about to drop something very important. He's going to be arrested in a matter of days. Jesus' urgency, his, his sense of time right now is so heightened. And he's like, I've got to get this lesson to my disciples. I've got to let the church know at City View in 2021 what this is and why this is important. This story has rippled from generation to generation, and, and here we are still learning from it. He's contrasting these two groups, the first group, the robe group. They're walking around their flowy robes. The widow comes in. She's poor. So she looks poor. There's no attention there. Nobody gives her any attention, but Jesus notices her. She doesn't come in and make any noise. You can't make noise. You probably couldn't even hardly hear her coins drop. They had to do like an instant replay. to make. Was there really coins dropping from her head? Oh, wait. oh, yep, there was. I found two. Oh, that amounted to one cent. Yay, go to the back of the line, lady. You get the non-comfy seats, right? But, the, but then this, the other group, the, it, it's the big gifts. It's the, it's the, it, it's the big drama. It's the, it's the big prayers. It's the pomp and circumstance. It's all the attention. But with the widow, it's none of that. Isn't that interesting? And the, the irony is that the, the rich, the important, the teachers, none of them were the examples. It was her. She was the example. You see, she didn't take anything, but she gave everything. And so we know her heart was so full of faith. Because if, if she had had a heart of fear, there's no way she would be giving the last two cents that she had. And by doing so, she became, a, 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 she became an example of faith, an example of generosity, an example of sacrifice for us today. So I, I, we got four lessons that I, I want us to learn, four lessons from a widow. You take pictures of this, jot it down. It will really help you apply this stuff, talk about it later First one is Jesus can do great things with the gift given in faith. 
Jesus can do great things with gifts given in faith. She gave out of faith because she gave all she had. She held nothing back. Others didn't necessarily give out of faith. I mean, the money was there, but the faith wasn't. The heart wasn't. Jesus can do great things when you give out of faith. Second lesson that we can learn from a widow is Jesus can do great things with unqualified people. Jesus can do great things with unqualified people. People, if you're if you're under the age of 18, go ahead and raise your hand. Any under 18ers? There we go. There we go. So a lot, a lot of societies say, "Oh, you guys are unqualified. You're too you're too young. You can't serve. You can't make a difference. You can't do this." But you know what? Jesus loves to use unqualified people. He specializes in using unqualified people. So you young people, don't let anyone tell you you're unqualified. You set that example. You set the tone. You let God, you choose to let God fill your heart with faith, and you be the giver that God has made you to be. Let your little brother have the first cookie, for crying out loud. Rexler, I'm talking to you. Because you know what? God will take care of you. How many of you guys are over the age of 65? Raise your hand. Loud and proud. There we go. 65 and up. Man, God's not finished with you yet. The, the, the calling that God has put on your life, it hasn't changed. The, the mission that God has given you, it hasn't changed. Continue to serve. Continue to love. Continue to give. Because God's not through with you yet. It doesn't matter what our society says, even though sometimes we tend to lean toward we don't appreciate or, or, or value our older generation. God's not like that. God is still in the business of changing the world and changing lives. And, and it doesn't matter if you're young or old. You know, last, last service, one of my favorite widows was in, was in the room. And, and her name was Janet. <laughs> I called her out. And she comes, and sometimes when, when I'm preaching especially, she'll call a lot and, and asked, when are you preaching next, Mark? When are you preaching next? And so she came, and, and, and I just love that because her, her, her faith and her obedience and her service and, and, and her, her walking with the Lord, it hasn't finished. Even though she's a widow, even though she's older, she will do whatever it takes to continue to serve the Lord. And she is building a legacy as she has raised her daughter who is a retired teacher who has impacted so many young lives. And every time she comes to see me preach, she impacts my life because after I'm done on stage, she tells me this, your dad would be so proud of you. And man, when she says that, it just, it does something to me. And I'm thankful for people like her. You, you might be someone who's a, a new believer. You, you, you might have just recently gotten baptized, and you would think, man, I'm unqualified. I don't have a resume for Jesus. Jesus doesn't do resumes. Jesus loves unqualified. Jesus loves the kind of people where the world would think, man, there's no way anything great could happen out of that life. And God says, let, let me at it. Watch what I do. Jesus can do great things with unqualified people. Thirdly, impressing God is, is way better than impressing man. Man, I'll tell you, people will do some crazy things to get on the jumbotron uh, at an arena, some crazy dances, or they'll take off their shoes that they think are so cool. And, and, and we, love to, we love to impress people. We love to please people. I get that. You know, we, we can do fun things. That's fun. That's fine. But only if we're doing equally crazy things to please God. Amen? 
Can, can we also do equally crazy things so that we can say, hey, God, look at me. And, and it, don't, don't get me wrong. It's not striving. It's not stressing. It's not trying to earn your salvation. It's a tree just going, boom, look at my fruit because that's what I've been created to do. You don't have to, ah, fruit, ah, grow. God's like, you're a tree, stay in me, stay rooted in me, and watch me grow you. Watch me bear fruit in you. And so it's just us bearing fruit for Jesus and saying, look at me, Jesus. And Jesus is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. What would it look like for you? What would it look like for us as a church when we did crazy things like take our shoes off for Jesus because we want to please him because he's the Lord and Savior of our life. Please don't take your shoes off. <laughs> Fourthly, money doesn't take care of us. God does. Woo. Money doesn't take care of us. God does. If you think money will take care of you, you won't ever be a giver. You will be a taker. Sorry. If you don't, if, here's, this is a choice. Having faith is a choice. Choose today. I want to be a person of faith. I want to start believing God more than stuff. I want to start believing God more than status. I want to start believing God more than my money. And if you believe God will take care of you, money starts to work itself out. God will take care of you. And you will start going from to giving to be like, woo, that was fun. Woo, there I go again. Whoa, it's getting crazy. Because you and you, 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 Catch the joy of giving. But when your heart is full of fear, there's no joy in giving. Taking comes from a heart of fear. Giving comes from a heart of faith. You know, there was a, that, that whole giving in faith. I mean, that's that when you feel it, when you're like, man, this is, this is a big gift. We had a, we had a mom a few years ago at City View who, pretty much gave in the offering her last $40 in faith. That's crazy, right? That's so irresponsible. That's foolish. And God took care of her, you know, just that day after she gave. Someone prompted by the Holy Spirit, because that's how he works. The Holy Spirit prompts us to do things, and when he does, do it. Don't question it. And, and in that prompting, it, that person goes up to this mom and gives her $50. Said, you know, God, just, I just felt like God wanted me to give this to you. How cool is that? It doesn't mean you, you know, check your online banking deposits every time you give to see what God gives you back. It, the idea, the idea, the truth is that money doesn't take care of you. God does. And when we live like that, Ooh, God can do amazing things. See, God sees things different than us. God sees the heart. Let's look at this one verse, 1 Samuel 16, 7, as, as we begin to wrap up. So there's a story here. Samuel, Samuel's the scout, right? Samuel's, he's the scout, and he's going to look for a, 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 new, a new starting quarterback, a new starting point guard, or, a.k.a. king. Pretty big deal, way bigger than a sports player. He's going to anoint the next king of Israel. This is crazy. Not to mention there's a king right now. It's very dangerous, very extremely dangerous business. Him going to Jesse, hey, I need all your sons because one of them's about to be king. Boom, they line up. And of course, oh, Mr. Tall, you're going to be a king since when does height make you a great king? I don't know. 
God, God let Samuel have it. It's like, stop. What are you doing? Stop looking on the outside. This, this is the conversation. So cool. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. That changes everything because this whole story of the widow and the, the, the bad example, right, the good example, it's, yeah, it's a little bit about money, but more than that's about the heart because you can give money without giving your heart. God doesn't want that. God doesn't need money, want money. God wants your heart and he wants all of it. And then when he has it, next steps follow. Obedience follows. Blessing follows. Adventure follows. So here's the question I want us to all ask ourselves right now. Am I known as a person who takes or as a person who gives? Am I known as a person who takes or am I known as a person who gives? Have I become so entitled that I'm like, yep, I'll take that big juicy cookie. Thank you very much. Yes, I'll take that comfy seat in row one. Yes, I'll take that recognition. Tell me one more time. Pat me on the back. Give me the trophy. Put my name in the lights. Yes, yes. Oh, and I'll take that just in case I'm feeling a little sad later in the week. Put that in my pocket so I can get it back out later in the week and feel better about myself. Are you a taker? It's subtle. It doesn't mean maybe that you're a jerk all the time, but uh, maybe sometimes we are. And it's, be it's because we're afraid. Well, if I, if I don't take it, what will happen to me? If I don't take it, how will I feel? If I don't take it, will they still like me? If I don't take it, will I still be taken care of? If I don't take it, will I, will I still have comforts? Will I still have conveniences? If I, if I don't take, who will I be? You'll be in a great place because you'll have nothing but God. And then from that point, you can be a giver. And you can be a giver. See, that's what's so wonderful about this is it's a, it's a choice. You can, you can turn off the taking. You can turn off the fear and turn up the faith. So you can turn up the giving and it will change your life. It'll, it'll turn it right upside down. Am I known as a person who takes or as a person who gives? Let today be the day that you start giving more than you take and watch what happens. And then pretty soon you're just going to give and give. So here's a challenge. I want all of us to give something every day this week. Give. It's going to take practice, right? It's like exercising and eating right, I guess. It takes practice. You don't... Let's, we can't just talk about it, read about it, write about it, listen about it. No, we got to do it. So do some giving. What are we going to give? How about give some thanks to somebody? How about stop taking the credit for something you didn't do and give the credit to someone else and see how it feels. See what it looks like. See their eyes light up. See them be blown away because you're not taking the credit like you have before. What else? Give gifts. Like Phoenix Suns row one tickets. 
give benefits, give, give love, give comfort, give convenience. My wife and I were, were at a high school football game, Apollo High School, uh, Friday night, watching one of our family friends, their kid, he's, he's just, he's going out of control. He's amazing, scoring touchdowns left and right as a sophomore. And, and this, this family, they're, they're refugees actually from the country of Sudan. She's now a widow. Her, her husband died about five, six years ago just unexpectedly. Our, our, our oldest daughter was in kindergarten with, with one of their daughters. And so we, we go to some of these games from time to time. We drop, drop in on their house. We just love to, just to connect with them. And, and it's funny, she was telling my wife on Friday, she said, you guys are different. They don't know Jesus. They know Muhammad. She said, you guys are different. And, and Kim and I were talking like, let's, let's give her for crying out loud, a, 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 a stadium seat. Because she goes, you know those stadium seats, whoo. And those gymnasium seats, she goes to so many track meets, so many football games, so many basketball games. And we're going to buy her one of those stadium seats so she could just be more comfortable. That's one of the things we're going to give. How about you give money? How about, how about you go and give $20 so that you can share the love and the hope of Jesus with a kid in Thailand, Christmas for Thailand, that tree right outside. You could give forgiveness. <laughs> It got real there, right? You could give forgiveness because Jesus forgave you. You can do it. Well, how, how, about you, how about you ask the question, will you forgive me? How about you throw out a, I love you? How about, how about you throw out a, I'm, a, I'm proud of you? Those are all gifts, and those are gifts given in faith. There's not fear there because it's not, oh, man, if I give that away, what's there going to be for me? No, if I give it away, I'm going to be able to give more away because God is my supply. God is my forgiveness. God is my love. God is my identity. God is my rock. So I can give it all away. And he's going to give me what I need so I can give more away. And all of a sudden, you, you have a complete life turnaround. Because you decide to be known as a person of giving, not taking. You decide to have a heart full of faith and not fear. You know the father of traffic safety? Neither did I. His name was William Eno, and he invented the stop sign, the crosswalk, and the one-way street. Wow. You know what? The guy never learned to drive. That's so weird. That's so ironic. You know what the biggest irony in the history of mankind is? Is that Jesus died for us. Jesus the creator of the world died for us. It was just in that song. On a hill he created. He died for us. What in the world? That's so ironic. The perfect one would die for the imperfect? It's true. It's absolutely true. And he, he is the ultimate giver. And he wants to give you new life today. Let's pray. God, thank you for being a, a perfect God, a loving God. Thank you for being a God that, that, that never lets us down, that we can always trust, we can always have faith in. We don't have to be afraid that you're not going to come through because you always do. God, I, I pray that each of us would take steps this week to give, give, give like we've never given before. Give our words, give our time, give our money, give our gifts, give our comforts, give 
because that's who you are, that's what you do, and we can join you in that life-changing work. God, I pray if there's anyone here in this room that has never accepted your love, your ultimate gift, your irony story, Lord, that they would do so today. If that's you, I invite you to pray with me. Lord, I love you because I feel your love for me. God, thank you for forgiving me. I believe that you are who you said you are. You're the the son of God. You you died for my sins. You want to give me new life. And I want to follow you, whatever that looks like, one one step at a time. I don't want to be a taker anymore. I want to be a giver. I don't want to be full of fear anymore. I want to be full of faith. If you prayed that prayer, I just ask the rest of us, keep our eyes closed, our heads bowed. I just ask you to raise your hand, raise your hand up high to say, I believe today is the day. Raise your hand up so we can give you a gift, give you a Bible, give give you some resources to help you in this new adventure, this journey with Jesus. Raise your hand so, so we can come alongside of you and celebrate with you. God, walk with us this week. Give us opportunities to give. We know you will. And give us courage to say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click that follow button and tune in next week for another great message.